Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Rick and Morty, which we'll be getting into today. I'm Dylan Heisen, and welcome to our panel for the ABCs of Beth, the latest episode of Rick and Morty, episode 9 of season 3. We're doing two podcasts a week here on uh, Rick and Morty Season 3. It's been very exciting, and we've arrived at the penultimate episode of the season, the ABCs of Beth. So here we will ask our panelists, who you'll meet in just a minute, questions about the episode, um, and we will grade their responses uh, based on originality, correctness, and something third other factor. Um, <laughs> how much Dylan likes us today yeah. oh yeah that was a fourth one but yeah so we'll, we'll and we'll see who's champion at the end of the panel check out our recap podcast for the ABCs of Beth if you have not yet um, that's all at overlyanimated.com search for Rick and Morty overly animated you can find our Rick and Morty specific iTunes feed subscribe to that to not miss any of our podcasts and if you're listening on YouTube you can subscribe to us there so um, let's uh, introduce our panelists um, but not an actual introduction because I want to get right into uh, the first question here, which is your grade for this episode, the ABCs of Beth. So on an A to F scale, according to whatever your arbitrary rating system is. <laughs> so say hi, and then tell us what your grade for this episode is. First up is our defending champion, Alex Bonilla. Hola, everybody. Um, so my grade, uh, I, I struggled a lot with this one just because like when I first watched it at the end, I was just like, Wait, was that a good episode or a bad episode? Like, I, I honestly couldn't tell at first. Uh, on the second rewatch, I think I enjoyed it more because I knew where it was going and I was prepared for all the things it was throwing at me. So I think in the end, I end up at a B minus. Like, it's very visually interesting. Uh, the 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 B plot is it's sometimes funny, sometimes not. The Beth thing is sometimes disgusting, sometimes palatable enough. Uh, like I, I was just back and forth through the entire episode, so uh, B minus is where I settled with that. Okay, B minus. Those are always the best episodes when you're like, "Was this good?" After I finished it, <laughs> I, I have that a lot. Yeah. Um, next up is April Collins. Hi. So I gave this episode a C C plus. Uh, I I again uh, I also had to rewatch it because after the first time, I was like what what did I just watch but then on the second and I kind of watched it a little bit of a third time I was like nope I I didn't really enjoy this episode as much as I thought I had initially um I didn't like Beth's characterization I hated Tommy and I thought the (laughs) (laughs) I did not like Tommy at all Defe- okay, to quickly defend uh, those two claims, what what's the one sentence uh, reason why you didn't like Beth's characterization? I thought it was weak, and we've already mm-hmm. been given that. Yeah. So, um, co-signing that second part. Yeah, uh, I thought the B plot was mildly interesting, um, but like you know, visually it was it was all right, and there were some really good one-liners, which is where I fall with the C plus. Okay. Um, we got B minus C plus. Uh, next up is John McKenna. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm going to give this one a B because it, yeah, I actually really liked this episode. Uh, it was great to see uh, Rick and Beth get flushed out a little bit more. And I really applaud, and I really have to give this, this episode credit for devising an episode in which neither the A plot nor the B plot had really had Rick as a dominant 
character in it, which is probably really tough to do, but it allowed the other characters to shine. Uh, there were some some instances where it could have been a little bit stronger. I felt like maybe the uh, like you know maybe they both could have been good a plots and maybe could have been good a plots as independent episodes. And there were some other issues I had with some, which we'll probably get to later. But all in all, I actually did like this episode. It just you know, it's getting to that point where it's almost like a relative scale. So it, I just didn't like it as much as some of the others. So that's why I gave it a B. Okay. Yeah, and relative scales are, of course, fine here. All all Rick and Morty episodes compared to other TV episodes might be much higher than we're giving them, but compared to other Rick and Morty episodes. Um, last up, we have Britt Griffin. Hi. I'm going to give the episode a solid B. I subtracted a letter grade because I really didn't like the B plot with Jerry. Hmm. I just... Even if, like, it had some really good one-liners... But this episode was everything I hate about Jerry. <laughs> but I really liked the Beth plot. Like, I really, really liked the Beth plot. I actually watched this episode, I think, five times trying to dissect, Whoa. like, both plots. <laughs> and it took me, like, three times to finally, like, figure out what they were going for with the Jerry plot. But, like, the Beth plot, I was like, oh, my God. Beth characterization. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you, um... Watch Simply No Logical. That was my impression on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, I really liked this. Um, I finally got Beth and Rick interactions, and we finally have, like, Beth accepting herself and, like, having agency. So I was really excited about that. I can see those female writers that everybody on Reddit hates and Facebook <clears throat> finally getting their shit together on this show. Yeah. So. Well excited. Okay. Uh, so we got B's, uh, B minus, C plus. I like the diversity of opinion here. Um, I was very high on this on the recap podcast. I'm not going to say my opinion every time, but I, this is like an A minus or an A for me. Like, I, I'm in love with this episode. So interested to see what uh, misgivings you guys have as we get into it in depth here. Um, I'll give April and Britt fives and John and Alex fours. I think those are all good answers. I just think, oh, Britt gets a five because she watched it five times. That's an instant full points. And then um, <laughs> I thought April explains her hesitations better. So, um, but those were all good, uh, good answers to start with here. Um, please brag if you've seen the episode multiple times because I always brag about watching it three times on the recap. But um, yeah, this, this, you already this. know I watch everything at least twice. Yeah. So no, just say it. Just say it. It gives you credibility. Okay, let's move I've, on. I've, I've seen it four times. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. I saw it eight times. Yeah, okay. But you're risky territory there because if you're lying, that's points <laughs> off. Okay, so let's get into our second question wow. here. Who, which, who is the MVP of the episode? Which character? Could be a minor character, could be a main character. Hopefully it won't be Morty for Alex. Uh, who's the MVP <laughs> of this episode? Um, Britt, start us off here. I'm going to pick Beth. Beth, okay. It made me, this episode made me realize that without Beth, this whole show... Would not be because she is the connecting factor between Morty and Rick, Jerry and everybody else, Summer. Like she is the almost like the catalyst Mm -hmm. for the whole show. Right. If it was not for Beth letting Rick live with them, Morty and him would never get to, you know, go on adventures without her. Rick would not come back to the family. There would be no Rick and Morty. So, and she got her agency this season. She was the most interesting character. She had the greatest amount of development, in my opinion. She was the most interesting part. Like, mainly the reason that I watched it so many times was trying to, like, figure out Beth 
like in this episode? Like, what was she doing? Like, what was her character's like motivations? And if mm. <clears throat> spoilers, but whether or not she left or not, do we have Clone Beth at the end? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we're we're fully into spoilers here, but yeah, we'll we'll address the Clone Beth question. Yeah, so there's Brit's on the board with Beth as the MVP, t- titular character of the episode. So uh, got to be a strong choice. Uh, John, who's your MVP? I'm gonna go with Tommy. Tommy. And, yeah, I'm giving, uh. Tommy, I'm giving it to Tommy. Uh, well, first off, it's it was just first off, I have to give credit to Thomas Middleditch. I was when I was watching the episode on the couple reruns, I'm imagining him just. In, a, in just a soundproof room, flailing his arms around to just give that full expression in his voice. So I had to. Get, so I, that's one reason you could tell he was so into that role when he was doing it. But also that Tommy was an absolute total freak. But it's to be expected when you're the only human in an imaginary land, and to sustain yourself, you had to have sex with the indigenous population and then eat the babies. But it was sort of you know. I don't want to say I understand where he was coming from, but <laughs> the, way- <laughs> the fact that he was a freak is kind of like understandable. Clearly, but it's, it was, clearly it's understandable. But it was it was hilarious because he because he's like he's he's technically an adult, but he still thought like he was a nine year old, mm-hmm. and he still like he couldn't he couldn't say the word bitch. He said b word. He was you know acting you know like he was still big and important. He had no sense of maturity whatsoever, and it made him so believable. And it ju- and his interactions with Beth were great, um, especially toward the end where she's killing all of his friends, and possibly him. Uh, so yeah, that's why I have to give Tommy the credit here. Okay, I love this. That you, we, we should know I love Tommy at this point from the recap podcast. So this is a this is a good choice for MVP. Um, I assume April will not be choosing Tommy, but who are you choosing, April? I chose Summer. I thought she was the most realistic person the entire episode. She was hella snarky. Uh, Not only did she put her mom in her place, but she put Jerry in his place and actually got him to like man up. And I was all about that. So, and she had some really good like one liners in this episode. So Summer is my MVP. Okay. Uh, Three different answers here. Alex Morty has not been selected. Is that where you're going? I we wish. all left more- it open for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we gave it to you. <laughs> uh, yes, but S- Summer won that side of the plot, but I, I can't uh, I can't give it to Morty. <laughs> but uh, I-, I liked Rick in this episode, actually. I feel like he was a lot more laid back than in, in usual episodes, and it kind of worked uh, as Beth being the one that's a bit more hyper in, in that plot. He he handles um, Beth's anger at him like very well, and he like explains himself very clearly. And his, his dialogue at the end, well, maybe you, I you don't matter to me, but maybe I love you. Maybe it's your mother, and like just uh, him being like very calm and expressing his emotions. But also in the beginning, like he's a very good source of humor. Like, oh, I, am I a monster because I made this perfect world for you? And also <laughs> like him getting betrayed by his own his own land when he gets taken by all these angry animals and all the screaming. Uh, I think all in all, he, he he was he was very solid in this episode, and uh, I actually enjoyed him more than Morty, which is very rare in in episodes. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah one of the least rick heavy episodes of the you know of the, of the season but uh it's an interesting choice here four different answers good job people um i'll give april and alex the fives and john and brit fours but those are those are all good answers so um 
you know, some, some strong, strong, no, no major points off here yet. You guys are going strong, but let's see how it's ruins with this fun. Next funniest line question. <laughs> um, there's, I think that there are maybe the most choices for what's the funniest line of the episode for any episode this season, which is one of my arguments for this being a really strong episode. Um, super quotable. So I'm expecting good stuff here. Uh, April, start us off. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, my favorite line was, bitch, my generation gets dramatized for breakfast. I just, I loved it so much. I just loved it so much. And she just, like, doesn't even miss the beat when she delivers it. Like, best, I laughed. Like, I had to stop and just have a moment to myself. So. <laughs> I had to have a moment. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. That was, that's a good one. one of many notable. This is a good, this is a big, a big reason why. I, there were so many. Yeah. Like, especially quotes. by summer. Yeah. There's, this is, a, yeah. this is like the main argument why summer might be the MVP. Um, like, I think, I think overall it's probably Beth because, you know, it's her episode, but summer's a strong choice. You're just, she's, uh, I'm sure someone else will quote a summer line here too. So, uh, John, you're up next year. Um, I'm going to go back to the, the play that they saw. I'm, oh I'm starving. All, all I can do is hump. I hump this rock. I hump this tree. I hump this beast of burden. This <laughs> beast of the land. So. Beast of the land. <laughs> to insert my seed. <laughs> yeah, it was. Feast on my flesh so that you may survive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to do the whole thing, but yeah, you, got, you got the point. It's, it's what the. <laughs> Again, and this is just my satire because I love how just totally fucked up that whole that whole se- that whole little plot was. But it was uh, again. It's it, first off, it's just the voices. There's little kids' voices <laughs> talking about humping inanimate objects, and the fact it just got darker and darker and darker while still keeping that tone. I just couldn't stop laughing. It was. It started off as this fairly innocent play, which just sounded something like a nine-year-old would write but then it just got just so perverted and shocking that even if you, you knew it was coming but it was just you know awful that that just awful and hilarious at the same time yeah so yeah that's why i had to go with it okay nice choice there um i will grade your guys's impressions brit one uh john two alex three <laughs> um uh alex not as good as your scourge mcduck impression i'm sorry Darn. Yeah, but, okay. So. Hey, but I still won. <laughs> okay. So. Oh. No, no. In order, order. No. Um, Brit best. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's confusing uh, with our that, with our grading scale. Yeah. Oh, okay. Double. Um. Yeah. Maybe I need to start ranking your. No one said you get points. <laughs> yeah, these are not Pokemon. You guys can put... Okay. Anyway, um, so there's your two. Tra- Brit, what's your choice for funniest line of the episode? Wait, what are my values? Like that one kid who yeah. they're just like making fun of him. He's like, ah, "You need to leave school." Wait, what are my values? Yeah. And it just—it it was so damn funny. From the bully, and yeah. it was—it surprised me because I thought like that intro with Sama was gonna take it, but nope. That was that was what I thought the funniest line was was random bully kid. <laughs> okay, yeah. I giggled. Yeah, that was that was a good one. Um, like uh, subverting the the bully guy there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Alex, what's your funniest line that episode? Okay, so this isn't the objectively funniest line, but it due to the time context, like I'm a big NFL fan, so I was on top of the whole kneeling Colin Kaepernick situation. So when they're kneeling to King Tommy and Rick is like, I'm not kneeling, suck my dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just the juxtaposition of having watched Sunday Night Football and then seeing this like, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> 
but I, I, so that got the biggest chuckle out of me in the first watch. That's... And no one makes him kneel. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no one enforces it. <laughs> yeah, that's a... just the, the forceful delivery of the line. <laughs> it, it is very time relevant based on current events. Um, that's a tough one to grade, Alex, because clearly that line is not. not uh... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can give you a second. But... <laughs> give me a sec. Give me a second. Uh, in the middle of of the speech where Rick is explaining, oh, you're a terrible kid, he says something like, I, I didn't want to clone every naive kid or animal who crossed your sociopath. Yeah, I do like I do like sociopath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, it, like, and, and the funny part is he like glides right through it, but I think there was just enough time for the joke to land okay. for me <laughs> before yeah. he kept going. Yeah, I like sociopath. Um... I, I think you guys are leaving out a lot of great lines, as usual. There's, this so, is the there's one. a lot of really yeah. good lines. Yes. Uh, also, su- Summer... Like, I wrote, like, six of them down. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of Summer's lines that I was considering, does your planet have shorter days because you guys are moving kind of fast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff here. Um, I'm going to give April four, which is the highest grade of the segment. Um, John and Brick get threes, Alex gets a two for that. Uh, you know, th- they're all fine, but... Um, I went through I, Dylan's favorite line. Look, I know I have like 10 of them. I can't yeah. go through them. I went through them on the uh, recap podcast, but um, you did know, any of us pick your favorite line? Uh, no, come on. Uh, it, we never do. Yeah, it's uh, we don't. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we don't listen to the recap. <laughs> look, all you just got to do. I mean, I think the Reddit line is uh, is a clear choice for this one, too. Oh, yeah, that one was really good. too. Yeah, that's just such <laughs> a See, my. my- my thing is that th- that line was too long. Like it, it, the the joke was funny enough, but I feel like there were quicker zingers in this episode. So there was so much to choose from that that line ends up falling to the wayside. I think that that uh, that it's like uh, it stands on its own. It's easy to quote for. I mean, it is long, but um, yeah. So yeah, it's not easy to quote. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's a lot of fun, really funny stuff here. Anyway, um, some some choices here. We'll see if we give uh, other stuff in the gag category. That's always a hang up. So, uh, but before we get to that, let's answer the biggest question after this episode um at the end what's beth's decision is she is is this clone beth we see at the end or is this real beth um and why um and also if you want to answer the question does it even matter you can answer that too um but let's start here with john um i'm gonna go ahead and say clone beth and here's why when she was present she was presented with that option from her father she went and saw the four photos on the fridge uh putting aside the uh Mr. Poopy Butthole and Rick photo. This is how, what I think she was thinking when she saw each photo. She looked at the photo of her pregnant with Jerry. And she, and she realized that she was starting a family with Jerry. So her life was going to be about the kids, the kid at the time, and him. But then she saw, then she looked at Summer, and then she looked at Morty. And she's realized that they have become, you know, pretty strong, pretty capable in their own right. But especially in their case, they're kind of starting to absorb a bit of what Rick is. And a, li- a little bit. Well, Morty's getting a little bit more sort of jaded. Summer is completely jaded. Uh, and you have Rick, who's totally, you know, he feels he's above it. And in a sense, he is. And at, at the same time, Beth is now realizing that, oh, my God, I'm my father's daughter. And if I stay with it, and if I stay like this, I could be turning my kids into me because I was turned into my father. And she's probably thinking she does not really want to do that because she doesn't feel like that that's good for them. And the best way to avoid that is to become 
is to let a clone take care of it who's going to be a little bit more mellow that doesn't have her that might not be as susceptible to her Rick based tendencies and probably the best thing for her kids is to let let a clone Beth take care of it while she goes away and does something else. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that, that's a, it's a, it's it's good logic. I think that's following the the train of thought of the episode pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd like more analysis on how Mister Poopy Butthole fits fits into all this, given the. <laughs> <laughs> there to make everybody happy. Also, she did shoot him, so you know maybe she's a little bit worried about that as well. Yeah, that's a that's got to be the number one reason she leaves. Okay, um, Britt, uh, what's your take on this uh, clone <laughs> Beth the real Beth? I think it's clone Beth. For me, the big giveaway was when she walked into the kitchen after having all this happen to her, she's really, really happy and upbeat, but it's not, it's almost like, it feels fake to me or forced, or it would feel forced, but it doesn't, whereas if Beth was real Beth, having had a really huge day, would feel a little less, like, upbeat and happy about just getting pizza and how was Jerry, you know what I mean? And when she's looking at the fridge, to me, she's saying goodbye. Like these things, yeah, are things that she cares about, but she's saying goodbye because she's got to figure out her own shit, which is basically what happened in the B plot with Jerry. After watching it a bunch of times, I finally figured that out. That they're both starting to own their own like darkness, and Beth has to like figure out her shit. Like she's finally realized that she's in fact Rick, yeah. right? So I think she's gonna try and like push that to the max. And then sometime, probably next season, she's going to come back and it's going to be like super badass mom. And then it's so excited. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, uh, it's going to be pretty so exciting if she if she does come back. Yeah, I agree. I think she'll come back eventually. I feel like they wouldn't make a clone of her and then have nothing come of it. You know what I mean? If she's leaving... Some shit's gonna go down, yeah. and then she'll come back. Definitely for a normal show, they would definitely do something with it. For this show, they've done, they've they've left things alone before, but they they tend to try to bring things back around eventually. Like, like uh, I think this is important enough that they'll bring it back around. Yeah. Okay. So we, Beth is kind of a main character. Yeah, the, it is true. So this is two votes for Clone Beth. Um, Alex, your take. Make it three. Uh, I, I the sh- as far as the show has told me, the, it seems to be Clone Beth. The way Rick describes it is like a perfect copy of you. It'll love and provide for the kids and do your job. So, but what what that? But he declines to mention anything about emotions. And and when you see that final scene, you have like her being very chipper with how is Jerry's, and like I, I just feel like she wouldn't. Uh, like in her current state, she wouldn't have that, especially considering all her history with Jerry. But if you make a clone where it's just like a clean version of her, then sure, that's believable. And also the fact that like Rick feels comfortable saying, uh, I, I love I love you back to this, this version of Beth, even though he wasn't comfortable doing it with what we know is the real Beth. Uh, like that also tells me something because we know Rick has often had problems with emotional attachment. So maybe in his mind, he believes, well, uh, well, I'm saying it to a clone, so it doesn't matter as much. So that that solaces him in being able to respond. So just all in all, it, it feels like a clone and that the real Beth is wandering off to find herself. Okay. Uh, three votes, clone Beth. April, your take. So make that four votes, but I'm not going to be nice about this. Uh, 
I think that real Beth is selfish. Uh, she's obviously a psychopath. And I she refuses to take responsibility for the mess that she's created in her life. And so Rick offering her that out, I can easily see her taking it and leaving because... She doesn't want to deal with it. She would rather push her problems and everything that's going on in her life onto other people. She did it with, you know, her relationship with Jerry. Um, she does it with, you know, Summer and Morty. And she does. She even does it with her own father, who she's, quote unquote, idolizes. Um, and she is an exact copy of. So I have no reason to believe that it's real Beth at the end. It. I mean, and even in like just the the demeanor and how she's nice to her kids. She even asks about Jerry. Like the real Beth doesn't care about Jerry. She doesn't care about anyone but herself. She doesn't care about her kids. So why wouldn't she just pick up and leave? She's constantly talked about it. So here she goes. So, and I just, I can't imagine that it's real Beth at the end. And that's, I think that's just the how like the extent of her selfishness. I mean, Brooke did it supposedly. I'm, you know, maybe he had other reasons as to why he left his family, but it's like like father like daughter. So, she's just going to follow into her her father's footsteps because she already knows who she is. She is her she is Rick's daughter. That's the role that she's accepted and why like if Rick did it, it's her time to do it too. So, Bye. <laughs> I mean, but she does care. I think she does care about her kids, though. I mean, she does make an effort to relate to them and be a mother to them in a way that's not as transactionary as Rick does. I she mean, became a giant, angry flesh monster. Yeah. But only think, after, right, after exactly. getting harassed by I think Morty she that does entire it, episode. And, and I think that the only reason why, you know, she puts on that face is because she's supposed to, because she is supposed to be the mom and she is supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know, better than Rick was to her. So I think that's the only reason why she, to almost a certain extent, pretends to care about her kids. But mm-hmm. I mean, maybe she does like care about them on the same level that Rick cares about Morty or Rick cares about Summer and Rick cares about Beth but I don't think that it's like she like deeply cares for them okay so and also I want uh, well I I just want to say like this episode I really did feel like it was going for a theme of people trying to convince themselves they're not shitty even though they are but with with Jerry you have the problem that he is just incapable of self-reflection so even if he said he can even say out of his mouth, "Yes, I'm upset, sister. I'm shitty," but that doesn't change him at all because he just doesn't. He's incapable of that. And he she realizes that Rick has now he's come to terms with this. But as we've seen in previous seasons, for a long time he was unwilling to really admit that. So just to, I, I guess this is basically her saying, "Well, I know I'm shitty, but I need time to fix this, and I'm not going to do it around Rick." So I have to go off on my own to to at least come to terms with it, if not figure out how to become a better person, but on my own. Okay, I like that thematic analysis. Um, going to get a bonus point for that. Uh, so definitely, definitely bring up Tigan themes. Uh, so April, that is a very like strong, distinctive, and clear take. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I very much like as an answer, uh, for, uh, as an objective answer on the panel, I very much like that it gets uh, like six points. Like it was a great answer. Um, John five, Brit four. Um, but I very much disagree with that, that answer from April. I think it's like way harsh on Beth for, um, in a show full of people, uh, who are shitty, specifically Rick, who really have no reason to be. Beth is someone who's had, uh, really hard circumstances put upon her, um, that are mostly out of her control. And yeah, she's not a pinnacle of, uh, you know, of, of great stuff, but, um, like she had Rick as a father who's like this terrible person who, uh, did, as we learned in this episode, uh, did all these terrible parenting techniques with her, like giving her all these devices, which is just clearly terrible. Um, she got pregnant as a teenager and was kind of forced into this heteronormative lifestyle that she really did not want. Um, I think that uh, a lot of the reasons that Beth is... She had to be married to Jerry. She, she, had, she didn't have to. She could have chosen not I, to. I think yeah. it, I think, also, she uh, was married to Jerry. She didn't have to marry to Jerry, but she chose to be married to Jerry. And if you're yeah. making that choice, that you're probably, you probably don't... I, I think that I mean, she's she's better at age like, her mom isn't around like what was yeah. she gonna First do of all, Jerry was probably better but um you know it's still Jerry but um it's it's I I don't really like blaming the woman for those circumstances these are they're in enormous societal pressures in in those situations and um just saying like it's it's Beth's fault she's a terrible person also the take that she doesn't love her children I think is has been shown clearly not true by the show I don't think that she's like naturally natural like uh motherly affectionate tendency I also don't think that's her fault. Um, I think that she's kind of, she's there for her kids and has been the entire time. Um, so I, I re- really disagree with the take, although it was, it was, it was a good take. So um, I think yeah, the idea the... that she be given an out what is an like, interesting yeah. concept. What, like, what, I think what, if, if we're gonna if they're gonna go that route with making Beth like, but it's an out. Except that kid. she thinks that she's evil or like a sociopath or just like Rick. It's like literally what, just right. She is her father. Then that's that's what they would do. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, she's getting it out. But at the same time, she's kind of realizing that if I don't take this out, my kids could turn out worse. Mm-hmm. As she is still thinking about her kids. It's like, you know, she cares about them enough to think if I stay with them and I continue to act like my father, this could get bad really fast. This could get even worse for my family. I need to step away so that this so that they are not they don't become me. Yeah, I, I, th- mm-hmm. I think there's an element so, of it to this. Let me let me also related to this present the it's not clone Beth take because it's related. Um, like I think there's a distinct possibility. This is just Beth. I I think like I'm of the opinion that Beth loves her children and can be warm and affectionate. And like she the the point is that um she like would have actively had to opt in for the first time to her lifestyle or to to this the her life circumstances here. And mm-hmm. um like I think choosing to do so would like make her happier. Would give her some semblance of control over her life. And I think it's a clear possibility that this is actual Beth at the end. Much like I think Beth, you know, is. A good person overall i guess i her I choosing mean, this life that's, that's interesting that I, she would I, be. Could, I could see that but from what they led like led us to believe up until that point like like you you're really gonna have to address like that it's actually that fair you know what i mean in in a show that's notorious for not like setting things up and then not addressing them like maybe you know We'll get the, we'll get the answer to whether or not it's real Beth, and I can see it being real Beth if she chooses to, you know, accept that responsibility. But up until this point, I just don't. 
see that. The show, the show definitely have to explain it because it kind of leads you, as you, as all of you stated, that episode leads you to believe it's Clone Beth. Um, I think, yeah. I think that's good. And uh, also just the, the annoyance at Beth, it, it just, uh, do you think the clone will go Blade Runner? Because <laughs> they say, yeah, it's not. It said no chance it goes Blade Runner. Was, was, he was real confident. <laughs> he said no, no like, chance it goes Blade Runner. Yeah, Rick, are you are you really that confident? We're not gonna have our blood. Yeah, blood Rick, Blade Runner situation. It's gonna be Beth versus Clone Beth, and like Rick made a board, sort of Rick, Star Wars. Rick made a parody. Rick made a Morty that was almost totally, completely, one hundred percent independently sentient. So I don't know how he can make that guarantee. Yeah, I don't think he can. Um, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> last thought on this. I think I, the thing that really I, I'm fine with, like the take Beth isn't a great person, but it, it annoys me to be mad at Beth and and just show zero scorn to Rick, who, as as I mentioned in my answer, Rick has no excuse for being the shitty, terrible person he is, and we're we're oh no, we're led to be sympathetic to him because he's he's portrayed that way. In the show but like be pissed Rick. don't Are be we, though I, um i you know he's the perspective character in that regard i agree people overdo it obviously as fans um but um yeah because i think the show has done a good job of letting us know that rick is shitty and has as we're much still meant to sympathize yeah. with him when it's questionable whether that should be true at all but regardless um like pr- director scoring at rick like this is rick's fault the rick, rick in this episode presents um oh uh i the reason that uh, the universe hates us is because we're smart. Like, fuck you, Rick. Like, that's a terrible take. Oh, no, <laughs> I think that's terrible, too. Like, I'm I'm not saying... Like, but the question wasn't about, like, Rick. Okay. It was about Beth. So. <laughs> like... <laughs> also, a thing I want to bring up here, like, just to tie in with another show we cover, BoJack Horseman, that did a whole episode talking about the relationship between how much influence your parents have on how you grow up, but also the decisions that you make. And it ends up being that it's an intertwined thing, right? The parents have a lot of influence for sure, but also you're presented with certain decisions in life where you might take the wrong ones. And while in hindsight, it's a bad thing to do, but it's explainable because of the circumstances. Yeah. But at the same time, you still carry some fault. So that's why I think it's, it's wrong to say that Beth isn't at fault at all. She has some, but Rick has some as well. They share because that's how family families work you get the nurture versus nature debate as yeah. well i mean i i, th- so I, th- yeah. I think much like so, uh beatrice you is, can't go uh, hard on the other side much like beatrice is way more at fault than bojack given what we've seen like it, you understand her circumstances but um she's it's still really shitty and bojack's also really shitty but rick is like the clear clearly more at fault than beth to me because um like this mm-hmm. all comes back and rick is like the genius and this is all um all, all kind of on him the the like he's a, like he's a parrot but he isn't like making this perfect world he's like maybe i should put snacks in here and uh and none of this would have happened yeah. and uh that, that's true <laughs> why don't why not make food in that world um <laughs> why is there no food you know and and because and I, uh beth could choke and die yeah I, I guess that's why and, and, <laughs> or the water he could just give her pudding or maybe the play was fake news and they just omitted the part where tommy ate all the snacks yeah, fake news i agree um and they they ate all of the snacks there was honey. He could have just eaten. Yeah, that. I don't. Yeah, that's true. There was honey. Um, Why didn't he just live off? Oh my god, <laughs> he was a cannibal. We, his we dad saw, liked okay, him. We just cannibals yeah, together. We, we solved the episode. Mm. Bert's on the conspiracy train. Okay, anyway, let's go on to the next question. <laughs> what is the funniest gag of the episode? So um, we've talked about a few. And sorry for the the tone shift here, but we got to get through the rest of the the questions here. What is the funniest gag of the episode? A lot of choices here. Um, let's start with John. Um, I'm going to say that the funniest gag of the episode was the, and I'm going to say 
sting. I'm actually gonna say it's the stinger because I thought that was hilarious, and I love the lampshading that it came with it. Uh, mostly because you. First off, I love the fact that Jerry has an answering machine. It sounds like a very Jerry thing he would have anyway. Uh, the second thing is that it it just sort of continued on to the B plot, which I felt really should have, been, which really could have been an A plot in another episode. But it's funny how, for whatever reason, Kiara still loves Jerry, and I'm why I don't know, but. She said she's still sending him text messages, and then you find out that he's going to get killed by her new boyfriend, and then you find out Rick is still protecting Jerry, which I don't know why Rick would still be protecting Jerry. I don't know what is what the benefit is for Rick, but the, I do love the fact that he still cares enough about Jerry to actually fend off a villain for him, even though he's also fucking his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, they're chill now after is, Willie Darling conspiracy. They're chill. I kind of like that. Uh, yeah. And, and he then you have the kid's father, so maybe he doesn't want him to die because the kids will be sad. That's true. That maybe, true. maybe this is Rick's master plan. He knows that their marriage was shitty because they're codependent, so now they're apart and they can work on their shittiness. Or, or, or maybe Jerry or maybe the prophecy. Maybe, maybe, okay. maybe. Yes, like the world will have to be saved because of Jerry. <laughs> I, I don't think Rick. <laughs> I don't think Rick has prophecies, but maybe. Um, uh, but it's all. Do you think? Else? Do you think that Rick is clairvoyant? No. <laughs> uh, okay but the, um, yeah, yes john but yeah but then they have the ending where it's you know they have the whole thing it's like yeah we're gonna waive the 70 dollar fee no one really uses these except for tv exposition mm. plots so you can just go ahead and keep it i i, I did i enjoyed that because i was starting to think at the time wait he, why would he have an answering machine oh okay there we go there's the joke yeah I, I just i loved how i loved how it was able to end on such a really humorously light note as that nice okay um. Yeah, Rick and Morty. Uh, whenever there's a grievance, they always answer it immediately in the, in the episode. So <laughs> I, I do enjoy that. Um, good choice there with the answering machine gag. April, what's your gag of the episode? Unfortunately, mine was also the answering machine exposition at the end. I like that. It's very classic and sitcommy. Um, it made me laugh. I loved all of the different elements. It sort of combined the like uh, Rick into the B plot. And, uh, and then again, I like that they address that this is all just a gag. And so that's why like Jerry's being waived the $70 late fee and that he can just keep the machine. Like it just made me laugh the entire time. I fully enjoyed it. So I have no regrets about my answer. Uh, Oh, wow. (laughs) Already anticipating criticism. Yeah, no, I was April really clear yeah, maybe april's the clear one i was about to say april really putting on a clinic on how to win the panel up and but now you just repeat it come with a backup answer come on okay um so brit what couldn't i spent so much time on my other answers <laughs> uh yeah okay okay that, that's a good response uh brit what's your favorite gag of the episode okay so my favorite gag of the episode is the kids when they're fighting outside the cave the little into the descent creature things they're like i'm tired i'm tired too and the later jerry's like i'm walking because i'm tired you should definitely be running and i just thought that was really funny okay interesting yeah that's uh yeah that that was a a funny little moment dylan clearly doesn't like my answer i don't know if it's a gag (laughs) you know um but you don't think it's a gag i don't know like what do you consider more of like a broad like it's just like a broader concept 
Um, anything can maybe qualify, but I do think that's a nice little funny moment at the very least, and it's good. It's okay. good to highlight it. Um, at, what are what are what would you like for the parameters so I can narrow it down? And well, like the, the answering machine, it's like a gag. It's like <laughs> oh, it's we're exposing on this answering machine, then we're gonna make fun of it. Um, let's see what Alex has. Maybe that'll be another example. Uh, well, I had the uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin rumination, <laughs> like that was after funny. this, very, that was this funny. very serious dialogue. Uh, all right, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he leaves, <laughs> and he just like continues to talk to himself about the joke. Like uh, it doesn't make much sense, but I'm standing by it. And then he just repeats it again to himself, owning it, and then just cuts the commercial. <laughs> but I just love when it, like Rick goes meta with us, and like this was one of the little times we we got that in this episode, and just him talking about humor in general is the. It it, it 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 works. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know if that... <laughs> it was it is, It's another good moment to highlight. I guess that's slightly more of a gag. I think you guys are thinking too uh, small with these, these gag options. Like, clearly, I think for me, the best gag of the episode is just the whole concept of Tommy um having t- the cannibalistic incest uh, tendencies like ha- the, the pl- ew no like uh, just, just the- i guess if no. his dad ate him that could be cannibalistic incest like uh <laughs> I-, I will say that the the play the entire or his parents, thing, brother and the, the play yeah. also it would be a good choice for here but just just the whole concept yeah. of the planet of rick did not leave um any food there so he had to uh create offspring and then <laughs> eat them like that's that why didn't he eat the honey swamp <laughs> yeah that's well that's the, the <laughs> yeah, that's the conclusion right? we derived yeah. at but um um, yeah, that that's to me the I'm funny. That's to me the letter. funniest. This episode uh, was fake news. Who are you, who are you oh. writing the letter to, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy's dead, and his clone probably doesn't know. So I'm going to write it to. Um, I don't think Tommy's. It's the Tommy's ladies dead, wrote this episode. <laughs> no, a guy wrote this episode. Actually, yeah, I mean, so. it's, again, as, as <laughs> the we, dude who wrote as we this learned episode. in the open letter, it doesn't really matter who's credited it's writing the episode; they all contributed. But um, it's uh, no, I don't think Tommy's dead. I think uh, Beth just got off his finger, right? Um, that that's my interpretation. Oh, I thought she. That's, I thought she that's like, an adorable interpretation. <laughs> that was less, <laughs> just as ambiguous as the clone that... death. <laughs> I think she just cut off the finger. Anyway, maybe I'm t- uh, t- too naive about that. But yeah, so it's... he's just wandering around bleeding with one finger. Yeah. All his like so he can food bleed source to death. Is dead, and now he's going to starve to death. Like I hope in his little. I mean, he knows. Maybe he was trying to defend his Foopyland uh, subjects and Beth. Because she had a sentient switchblade, just slashed him. Yeah, I like her sentient switchblade. Yeah, right. How so it sounds like a Barbie that, voice. Right, so that, would, that, that, that was my favorite. Guy. Okay, that okay. would have been a better. That would have been a better answer. Yeah, no, it cannot replace it. But yes, my favorite the sentient switchblade switch is a great blade because yeah. I had Barbies like that, and I would have. Okay. Oh my god, a sentient Barbie knife. Oh, love right, it. I do like the, the person. <laughs> every every child. Every child's dreams. Yeah. That like the, the the whole just the whole going through Beth's childhood things, that's a gag, the sending switchblade, the whole concept of the place, the play. I also think that I also love the very end with the um uh the, no that wasn't time travel, there's just a couple of pizzas on the counter. I grabbed them, that's kind of a kind of a gag. Um all, all good answers here. John gets uh four, April two for repeating, Alex and Britt three for kind of not gags, gags. But anyway, um let's uh I tried Dylan, I put effort forth. <laughs> you got there eventually, but uh, let's go to the uh, rapid rapid fire through the last two questions. So very short answers here. This was the blanked best episode of season three. Best, second best, worst, second worst, fifth, fourth. Um, Britt, you're up first. I put it was the fifth best. Okay. Yeah, fifth best. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, fifth best. Okay. I liked it I, less than Rick Lantis or Morty's Ma are uh, the Rick Shank Redemption and Rick Mansling the Stone. 
Okay. Because of the B plot, but because of the B plot. So I yeah. put it. I get. I don't know which one's the B plot. The Jerry plot I didn't like as much, so that knocked it down. Where the other ones I enjoyed the B plot more. Okay, fifth. If they had a B plot fifth for Brit, uh, John uh, blank the best episode. Uh, it's just gonna miss the podium at number four. I'm putting it behind the. What is it? Uh, the rest and Rick's laxation. Uh, the Rick Lantis mix up and uh, and the season premiere sits number four for me. Yeah. It was great, great episode, great uh, Rick and Beth episode. It built on Pickle Rick a bit, uh, but it had a few too many flaws for me. It had a few too many flaws for me, but it was still a very strong character episode. So that's why I'm putting it in there. Okay, uh, April blank best episode. Seventh best episode. It's at the bottom with uh, the whirly Durly conspiracy theory and Rick Mansing the Stone. I didn't enjoy those other two episodes. Uh, this, I mean, this one just barely uh, made it from not being in the bottom. So done. Okay, I'm done. Uh, Alex, you. <laughs> uh, I have a fifth best as well. Uh, I think uh, Tales from the Citadel, Rick Shank, Rest and Rick Lexage, and a Pickle Rick, those are all like that's uh, uh, good from beginning to end. I think ABC's of Beth was really funny, but it was uneven in plot. But I think it's the best of these uneven episodes. Like this belonged with Whirly Durly Conspiracy with Rick Manson the Stone with Morty's Mind Blowers. It's like in that area, but it's definitely the most humorous of those episodes. So fifth is where I got it. Okay, uh, four for all, four is for all of those answers, all solid takes. Yeah, I also I see. I feel like I like the episode a lot more than you guys, but I only have it as fifth best as well. Um, but I think it's in the upper tier of episodes this this season. Um, I think there's an argu- argument for this being a, a better, also the argument for this being better than Pickle Rick and Rick Shank at number three. But um, eh. uh, eh. I, I'm, I very much uh, enjoy this. I mean, I, did I would argue it's better than Pickle Rick. You, I didn't enjoy you know Pickle Rick as much as other people. We're all entitled to our opinions. Heh. <laughs> Heh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, enunciated with the head. And most importantly, our last question. Uh, very briefly, what are your predictions for the season finale? The Manchurian, the Richurian Morty date. Uh, Keith David president is back. Um, Alex, start us off here. Okay, so we we have the pr- the promo of them going to the White House of Keith David making his glorious return, so that's nice. But it, th- this little monster is at that they shoot. It's going to be like in the first five minutes, and this is actually a ruse to get Rick in, in a place where uh, evil, well, well, where Tammy can take him to the Federation, and the evil Morty has made some kind of alliance with Tammy, and they try to torture Rick for his crimes against the universe. But uh, Morty, uh, come, uh, with help from Summer and Jerry, uh, Beth is off somewhere else, but S- Summer and Jerry are break into the compound and have to break out Rick. And Rick is, has to be forced to say something emotional to Morty in order to get out. Okay. I missed most of that, but I heard, uh, <laughs> I heard Tammy. So uh, a thumbs up. Is it, is it uh, Tammy in disguise as the, uh, Summer's classmate? Uh, Summer's classmate will be a henchman. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I feel like that's a cop-out answer, as, as before. Okay, th- thumbs up on that. Uh, Britt, uh, finale predictions. It's going to be a Rick versus Rick showdown. Evil Morty and all of the Ricks are coming for Rick, and they're going to invade the planet. And um, he's going to send the kids off world, and then the kids are going to meet up with real Beth. Okay. And they're going to have to save everybody. And... Um, 
they're going to have, like, Rick's going to, like, break it down from the inside, and they're going to, like, finally go after and kill evil Morty and um, take down the Citadel and, like, blow up the planet and all that shit once and for all. And then there will be way less Ricks and way less Ooh. Mortys in the infinite field, so we won't be, like, <laughs> dealing with that as much. There'll only be the occasional leftovers. That sounds exciting. Um so the end, the Citadel and all of their ideas will go poof I think I, I, into the vast expanse of space and they will become hydrogen atoms and dust. Wow. That was what? what? Yeah, that was I agree. <laughs> what? Yeah. I think you were It'll be it'll be Okay, good good, be good very that would be an exciting finale. I'd be And then at the end of the episode, Nine Inch Nails plays Hurt again. Yeah, but that, that sounds about right. Okay. Uh John, what's your finale predictions? <laughs> they go they go into the Kennedy sex tunnels or whatever it was, and they uh, they encounter. I think they're going to encounter uh, a SEAL team of SEAL team Ricks, and it's going to be they're going to be led by Evil Morty, and there's going to be a massive shootout. Mister Poopy Butthole is going to mm. come back and rescue his husband Morty. Mm. Uh, they are married. <laughs> I can do it. Uh, they are married. They just you know maybe they had a trial separation, some differences of opinion on stuff. We don't know. But they're going to work it out, and and Evil Beth, the, well, not Clone Beth. I I just called her Evil Beth. Is going to <laughs> is going to come is going to come back and is going to come back save the day. But we won't know that it's regular Beth. It won't be made mm. official. But we will. We won't know if it's official, but it will be clear to the viewer. But it won't be said in the show that it's regular Beth saving the day. Meanwhile, we'll go back to Clone Beth just playing like. Uh, downbeat. Or like, does Clone Beth die? And Rick's like, hey, hey, it's okay, it's okay, it's just a clone. And they're like, what? And then there's no Beth for a while. Yeah, I like I like the concept of bringing John. back in uh, the the clone real Beth already. <laughs> um, that John, that was an instant five. The second you mentioned Mr. Poopy Butthole and uh, husband Morty, so <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> I'd be in. Um, April, April, close us out here. What are your finale predictions? Oh man, I just thought that it was gonna be. Uh, Tammy and Phoenix person breaking into the Kennedy sex tunnels because they were trying to spice up their love life because they're having a little bit of problems after. Oh my God. Um, you know, bird person, uh, uh, you know, dying and everything like that. And then my predictions for like the B plot were obviously going to be clone Beth and Jerry getting back together. And, uh, <sighs> summer's probably going to be super pissed off about it and, it's gonna be like what the fuck is wrong with everybody and that's just gonna be the whole episode and it'll just end with uh rick giving off some new uh slightly ridiculous catchphrases uh, along the lines yeah. of like wobble of a dub dub <laughs> and so forth so that's my, my predictions for the episode yeah, <laughs> yeah. so my prediction for the episode that's, that sounds about right <laughs> okay i okay i love the uh sprucing up their sex life tammy and bird person let's do that uh <laughs> Phoenix, Phoenix person. person, sorry, yeah. Okay. Phoenix person. So before, really, we went with that, you guys. <laughs> yeah. So those are all fours and fives. But before I give out the the final grades here, I have. Uh, so you're all wrong about the finale. I have a quote from um, from uh, Dan Harmon in his interview with uh, Entertainment Weekly. Um, question is, can you tease us up for the finale? And Dan Harmon says, I don't want to poison the well, but the finale is a great episode that we finalified when we realized we weren't going to be able to make 14. Uh, it's a Rick in a conflict with the President of the United States. Keith David returns to reprise his role, and that's the main story of that episode, Rick versus the United States. So um, unfor- I think, unfortunately, the uh, the fact that this was originally supposed to be a 14-episode season comes into play, and we should really ta- ta- temper our expectations.
expectations about uh, how big this will be. It was not originally intended to be a finale, um, but they did, uh, as Dan Harmon says, finale fight it a little bit. Um, yeah, but never discount so the possibility of a troll. Could be, he could be us. trolling, but it does it does make sense <laughs> with what we were saying the entire time of uh, of uh, they, they they keep talking about how yeah they had to adjust. But um, I I I think pro- so. What this tells me um, is that we're a no go on Evil Morty. Um, because I don't think that they could just throw him in when they're finaleifying, but I think we could randomly bring in Tammy and Bird Person. Like, I think that's an option. Um, but I, like, I was originally really re- very bullish on Evil Morty. Like, why, why would you bring him back if not to do him in the finale? But this wasn't supposed to be their finale. So I don't think that that needs to come into play. Phoenix person could very well be in the finale because he was introduced in episode one. Yeah, and they, so they might not even be in yeah. there either, right? That that might that might have gotten pushed to next season. It might know? be too soon. Yeah. So, um, so we might get like a finale that leaves stuff like super open ended and us like sitting on our hands, wanting to. <laughs> and then we have other, to wait like two die years. because <laughs> two years. <laughs> you guys, I watched this entire show in the space of like two months. I have to wait two years. Wow, the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say. The curse of the bitch. Yeah, so how, how, yeah. It, will we get a stinger of a character talking to the screen telling us how long it'll be until the next season again? That's that's the big question. Yes, that's how they're going to finaleify. <laughs> right, that, that to is. me, that's another way to finaleify it. Change the stinger. If they're yeah. going to bring, they're going to have Mr. Poopy Butthole again, just like at the end of uh, season two. And they're going to be like, he's going to be like, ooh. Oh, wait. Yeah. I don't think you can do no, what's going to oh. happen from here, guys. Yeah, I don't think you can do that again. But no, uh, so get... no, no, no I, I got it. We, we, this is what Trisha is for. She's the stinger character. She's going to be talking to oh. Jessica, like, man, have you seen that Morty kid? He was annoying you a lot. Yeah, I don't know. At last I heard, I think his grandpa said they were going away for two <laughs> okay. and a half years. <laughs> and they just cut. I, I could see. I could like, see that <laughs> Trisha being the the, the perspective I've, character. And then got... she just starts randomly talking about some sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you ever had have you ever had sex with an octopus, an alarm clock, and an entire map of Norway? Right, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty likely. So, okay, you had um, there is there is here's the thing: there is a non-zero chance that they could be coming back and go, "What's up?" Just kidding. We got four more weeks of this. I think I think that's a zero but, chance, but you're right. Yeah. Any other show would be a. I think that has a negative zero. No, chance. Any other show would definitely be zero. You're, this show, yeah, Adult Swim is kind of guerrilla marketing enough with this that they 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 might hide the existence of future episodes. That's not out of the realm of. But they hid the Citadel yeah, episode. They did, yeah, it's um, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, lower your expectations plot wise for the finale, <laughs> but um, I, I do think uh, we'll still see some stuff like. You know, they got to they got to put some stuff in there. So um, that's going to be very fun next week. But the final score is here. Um, yeah, you guys, I don't remember the grades from the last question, but I've, I've added them up. Uh, well, yeah, Alex, 27, Britt, 28, John, 29, and April, 30. April, congratulations on winning this panel. Despite uh, have me yeah, heavily disagreeing I, with almost everything you said, uh, you win the panel here. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so. I I had see I told you I was like I really thought about my answers for this, so I'm, it paid I'm off. proud of myself. Yeah, these were well prepared except for the gag question, but um, everyone else floundered, floundered well, enough that it didn't matter. So <laughs> we we got there. Yes. Yeah, April. <laughs> uh, FaceTime. Talk about anything you want. Fifteen seconds. Oh. Uh, um. Can I pitch Mysticons because I love it and I think that every- <laughs> I guess 
pitch the sh- pitch the feed. Yeah, pitch yeah, sure, feed. sure. Oh, Do, yeah. Give the ten second sell on Mysticons. It's one another animated show we cover. Uh, yeah, Mysticons is another animated show we cover. If you like Dungeons and Dragons and a lot of girls, by all means, watch Mysticons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it's not the right audience, the Rick and Morty audience for Mysticons, but some people, sure. That's true. Yeah. You just said Dungeons Maybe. and Dragons and girls. That sounds entirely plausible. See? And not, not like, not like, <laughs> not, not in that I way. Not, not that in that way. Audience. They're like children, like the female characters. Like that's a, anyway. We don't oh. know how old those characters. Yeah, we also don't. Are. One of them's like a hundred year old elf. So if that that gets there's like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a thir- there's a there's probably a few thirteen year olds listening to this podcast. They probably would be into that. I guess. Yeah. That oh, you know, thirteen year olds should not be not watching. Not, 13 year olds who listen to this. This is not appropriate for 13 year olds. Well, look, it's 9.30 That doesn't mean they're not watching it. Can I just tell everyone to lick it like my balls? You could, you could tell that. Oh. I watched South Park when it came on TV really early as a kid before your parents got up. What? No, no, no one else did that? Oh, no. I'm talking about children watching this show. Like, did people do that I, oh yeah, I remember that. When I was younger, I got up at like six AM and Disney Shell had like DuckTales, Goof Troop, Little Mermaid. I was like that's how I remember most of the eighties cartoons was because they were on at six o'clock in the morning on the Disney Channel. Yeah. I used that to stay up really late to watch Adult Swim. I oh, yeah. had a TV Did you ever in my watch room. like the anime? That's how okay, you got it. Okay, this is this is too far off track. Okay, so, like, you, <laughs> think there, you think the possibility that there are 13-year-olds who listen to this podcast. Yeah, uh, maybe. But uh, yeah, so g- congrats, April. Good panel here. Um, briefly, I want to mention, I was slightly distracted in the middle of this because news broke while we were recording that there will be a live-action <laughs> adaptation of Your Name, the <laughs> the uh, anime movie from last year, produced by J.J. Abrams. There will be a live-action film adaptation <laughs> of... Uh, I was... What? Be right back. Gonna this is, hang this is big news for... For, oh, uh, on, this is bad. big news for our, uh, <laughs> our realm of animation. Too, it, so, uh, remember the real life dragon. Remember the real life make of Dragon Ball Z. Gem in the hologram. Oh, last year. All right, all right. Let's, let's let's now. Oh, all right. Oh, oh, oh. How much are you going to bet that they're going to cast a white chick right, yeah, to play exactly. the? They'll, they'll say, "Oh, we yeah. said it in the United States." Right. Anyway, written by uh, the arrival arrival writer Eric. Uh, uh, hey, hey, sir. Oh, so really? there's some good talent, but we'll see. Okay, this will be come to the Discord at overly. It'll have to be a really good movie, but it'll have white people yeah. in I'm, it. So. I'm going to the Discord right yeah, now, you guys. <laughs> yeah, should I post this under films or anime on our Discord? slash Discord to discuss Rick and Morty and um, this <laughs> and other things. Um, and you text chat with us there. So that's going to be our big topic of discussion after this. But uh, overlyanimated.com for all of our stuff, including Mysticons. Uh, more, maybe more pertinent for Rick and, for Rick and Morty fans. <laughs> And um, we're over Star Pod, Star vs. the Force of Evil podcast um, out uh, right along, right at the same time period as this podcast. That is, we call this uh, Rick and Morty for Kids. So um, that's um, another choice if you want to get into more animated shows. Um, OverlyAnimated.com for all of that. Make sure you're subscribed to us. You don't miss more Rick and Morty podcasts. Support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thank you to our, thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Eric of the Universe. And uh, thanks as always to our patron executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Andy. Um, make sure to tune in for our Rick and Morty finale coverage coming next week. Uh, it's it's all happening. The, we're already at the finale, so um, we'll have a panel, we'll have a recap. Subscribe to us so you don't miss any of that. Thanks very much for listening, guys. We'll see you then. Bye! 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 See you Take care. Bye.